morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Marty Plum, and I am your host of a pen and a napkin podcast, a weekly coaching clinic that you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome back to the coaching staff, episode number 39. And back with me, as always, on the coaching staff is Mr. Tony D. Viss. Mr. Viss, how are things in eastern Iowa this evening? I don't know if we can get much better weather, Marty. Um, just beautiful weather out here. Baseball uh, started last week, and was able to catch a little bit of that. I went to, to one of the games, but yeah, it's just unbelievable right now with the weather. Yeah, we had our things in the big O. The big O is good. I think it was 74 degrees yesterday, about 78 degrees today. So uh, we will enjoy these two good days of weather in Nebraska because by Tuesday it'll be 106 probably, and it will change that quickly, you know, just like it does in many places in the Midwest. So we are good. Uh, kids are doing well. Excited to be on the podcast here tonight, episode number 39, and Tony, I've got four uniform numbers for you, and I think, <laughs> let's see here, i got three different sports, uh, I've got four different athletes here. Um, okay. Uh, you want to start football, basketball, baseball first? Let's try some football. Uh, okay. Two running backs. Two running backs, number 39. Again, awkward number. Larry Zonka. Larry Zonka's a, 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 an easy one. You got that one. Um, this running back, a little bit more modern. Really dominant for about three or four years. Eric Dickerson was 29, right? Yes, but same franchise. Okay. Uh... Same franchise, just about 24. 20 to 25 years later. Shoot. Oh, Jerome Bettis. No, he was with no. the Steelers. No, no, he was with the Rams. He was 36, I think, with both teams. Though. Okay. Uh, went to Oregon State, I believe. Oregon State, 39. It is escaping me. You want me to give you this one? Yeah, I'm struggling. Steven Jackson. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I think he went to Oregon State. Yeah, you're right on that one. Yeah, okay. Nailed it. I wouldn't have got that. Yeah, yeah, well, that was a tough one. Tough one, so. Um, One basketball player, worn a lot of different numbers. He was referenced in our podcast last week about players that are are difficult to coach. Was that last week or two weeks ago? I can't remember, but... Very recently. We referenced this guy by name two weeks ago. Tough to coach. Made his hay with the Orlando Magic. Ooh, Dwight Howard. Yes, wore number 39 for like three or four years with the Lakers and the... I think he's in Taiwan now, isn't he? Uh, He could be on the moon for all I know. I mean, uh, he could... uh, Who knows? Uh, And then one baseball player. Um, Hall of Famer, played in the 40s and the 50s, three-time MVP. He was, he was mentioned in the Billy Joel classic, We Didn't Start the Fire. Joe DiMaggio? Not Joe DiMaggio. Stan Musial. He was not in We Did Not Start the Fire. (laughs) Oh, let's see. Not Ted Williams. No, he was not, and we didn't start the fire either. Billy 
Billy Joel, I just I'm struggling to get my lyrics out. Ah, you want me to go through the whole song? Because I can. But, can you really? I can, oh yeah, I used we used to do a project called the Billy Joel Project where we had our kids research all the topics in the song, but they couldn't use the internet. They couldn't use Google. They had to use almanacs and encyclopedias and stuff like that. It's oh, actually wow. a fun project. Old yeah. school. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, Babe Ruth. Oh my God, Tony! No, no, he was three. Yeah. Um, Plus, he played in like the twenties, not the fifties. Yeah, a little early. Yeah, a little. <laughs> That'd be like me knocking on your door at three o'clock in the morning, and say, "Hey, is it a little early?" Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Want me to give it to you? Yeah. Yeah. Roy Campanella. Oh, I never would have got that. Yeah. Yeah. Runga Campanella Communist Block. Roy Con, Juan Peron, Tuscanini, Dacron, Dien Bien Fu Falls, Rock Around the Block. Einstein, James Dean, Brooklyn's got a winning team. Davy Crockett, Peter Pan, Elvis Presley, Disneyland, Bardo, Budapest, Alabama, Cruise, Chess, Princess Grace, Peyton Place, Trouble in the Suez. Wow. Yeah, oh yeah. Yep, that's what I do, Tony. That's what I do. <laughs> Billy Joel's in some trouble. <laughs> yeah, he's in a lot of trouble. Uh, so, um, all right, Tony, let's jump into our topic here this week. Uh, transfers, transfers. And, uh, this, uh, this was, uh, Tony's idea. I think it's a great idea to talk about transfers, uh, how to hand, handle transfers, how to prevent, I, you know, kind of, uh, and Tony, we didn't, obviously, you know, we didn't talk about what each one of us is going to talk about. We try to keep it fresh for the podcast. We want it to be fresh. Uh, but I kind of took it when you brought this up, Tony, as, as, uh, how to transfer, how to handle kids transferring into your program, how to transfer kids leaving your program, how to prevent kids from transferring into your program, or to prevent them from transferring out of your program, excuse me, uh, things like that. Is that kind of what you were thinking there, buddy? Yeah, basically, it's just like how to incorporate them as they come in. Mm -hmm. um, but I like the fact as well, you know, just in terms of talking about, you know, your own kids and not having them transfer out. But yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely on the same line there. Okay. Um, well, hey, it's your topic. I'll let you start first with the first bullet point here, buddy. Yeah. You know, when you take a look at, at transfers, you know, one of the things is how things usually start above us and work their way down. And mm -hmm. so one of the things that jumped out at me recently was hearing that there were 1,500 transfers in men's Division One basketball. And, you know, it's just one of those things where if that's what the colleges are doing it's going to make its way down to the high school mm -hmm. and we've you know we being in the cedar rapids you know there is some movement and so you know it's just one of those things in terms of how do you incorporate them as they come in and you know i, I think one of the things that you have to do is you know that's going to be something that's so very very important to your chemistry and so the the earlier the sooner you can make them a part of things, um, I think the better, you know, mm -hmm. because you have to learn how to incorporate them from a chemistry standpoint on the floor, how they're going to play together. But also the big thing that happens in there as well is kind of a ripple effect, like a, you know, a pebble being dropped in, in water is it has ripples as they come in there too. And yeah. so, you know, you're, you're going to have a different team each year, even though you may have pretty much the same kids because you're going to lose a few along the way, whether they graduate or whether they decide not to come back out or whatever the case may be. And one of the things I think is oftentimes so underappreciated is the chemistry side of things. And as you bring kids in, you know, you have to be careful, careful how you incorporate them because of the fact that the kids that you have, like, Hey, I've been here since I was a freshman. You know, what about me? Am I chopped liver now? And so that's kind of a, a tough 
a tough thing to kind of work your way through there. And so the big thing is just making sure as you go there that you give some time for that process to happen naturally, organically, because that's so very, very important because basketball is a long season. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, before we, we started, we were talking about, you know, you, you get started a week from this Tuesday mm-hmm. and we get started shortly thereafter. I think we we're get going at the end of the week. And, you know, that part starting here in June and then you, you know, if you are fortunate enough, you end up playing in March. And so it's, it's a long process as you go through that. And so just making sure that they get acclimated and how is that all going to fit with leadership and responsibilities and roles and stuff like that. And so that's so something that's very, very important and needs to be an emphasis throughout that time. I agree with everything that you said, Tony. I, I don't think that it's anything that can be rushed with your current team. And I think that's a great place to start is with your current team when you have a new player that comes in. I I know that in, in my career, um, we've had two or three pretty impactful players transfer in. Uh, one was a move in and, and a couple of them were, were kids that, that chose to come. And the first one that I had, I was I was a little bit nervous about because we had everybody coming back, and Kylie was the girl's name, and she finished. We we were class we were a class B school in Nebraska, and she she was either she either led class A the biggest schools in rebounding or she was second. You know she was in the top two or three individually in rebounds. She averaged like 10, 11, 12 rebounds a game, and I just told our I told our girls you know, when we had our spring meeting, I said, and and a lot of the girls knew who she was because they had played some club ball with her in junior high. Four or five of the girls knew who she was. And I just said, hey, you know, she's coming. I don't know how she's going to fit in. I've never seen her play, which is the God's honest truth. But she's she's going to play. I can tell you right now that she's going to play. So we all have to make room for this because she's going to make us better. And... That's exactly what happened, uh, but we we chose to address it right up front, and but we we also have done it, you know, pretty tactfully when those situations have happened. Uh, I, I haven't gone to a kid and said, "Well, you know, this person's coming in and starting right away, and you're done," or something mm-hmm. like that. You know, it's it's never been anything like that. Uh, but you, I'm also not going to say, "Well, she's not going to play," if I know that she's going to play either. Uh, you know, this this guy or gal is going to play. Uh, they're good players. I don't know exactly how they're going to fit in. We won't know until they're out there on the floor with us. But we have to be great teammates. Uh, we've built a culture of inclusivity and uh, inclusivity. Excuse me, that was not that ain't no good English there. Um, and make that part of the program. And and I think that you you have to you can't fight the obvious, Tony. But you also have to be sensitive to the kids that have put in a lot of time within your program. But you can't penalize somebody being late for the party if they're still good for the party. Not And, and that's not just talent, but it's got to be chemistry, how they fit in with the team, their personality. Are they staying out of trouble? Are they a good fit with you schematically? So forth and so on. I think there's a lot of things to consider instead of just automatically saying, yeah, well, this kid's going to start and play 20, 24 minutes a game or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And I think the way that you handle it, and I hope that's the way that almost everybody handles the fact that you got to be open and upfront. I think that's what kids want 
is they want honesty and they want real you know people to be real they don't want to somebody to blow blow smoke up their you know atom or whatever the case may be they want people to be real with them and i think too is the fact that you know i was listening to frank martin talk and he goes you know i don't promise parents any playing time for their kid i mm-hmm. promise them that if they come to us i will always be in their kid's corner and mm-hmm. i think that's a part of it too is that you know once they they are a part of things you know there's somebody that you're in their corner for the for the rest of the time that they're they're with you mm-hmm. you know as far as things go and so i think those are both really good decisions on your part yeah and and whenever a kid is transferred in i've never I've never made any promises to any players, you know, and, and again, I, I've said this before on the podcast, I, I know it cost me players because I wouldn't make promises. You know, I tell, I would tell kids, I'll make you four promises. Uh, I promise that I'll make you work hard. I promise you that you're, that you're going to have some fun. I promise you that you're going to get a great education. And I promise you that I'm going to treat you fairly. That's what I can mm-hmm. promise you, but I'm not plom- promising you playing time. I'm not promising you, uh, a certain spot on a certain team. I'm not promising you that you're going to start. Now, do I think you're a good player? Yes. Do I think you have a chance to play a lot to start with? I think that you do, but I'm not going to put a specific thing or number or entity in front of this here. And I think that if you are a coach that is that has a parent or a player that says, we would like to come to your school, Coach Smith, but we want to make sure that Billy or Susie's going to start, or we want this amount of minutes, or we want to make sure that she's going to be on this team. Um, I think right there, that's a massive red flag that you go, hey, thank you for your interest in our school. Um, I can't promise you any of those things if you don't feel like that is something that can work for you. Uh, I wish you nothing but the best, you know, mm-hmm. uh, because you are just asking for trouble. And, and, Coaches, if you don't think that happens, you are naive because it happens. It absolutely happens. Uh, I've been there. I've, I've, I've had uh, uh, a player who was considering, this is when I was in the Metro, and she, I think, was pretty lock, stock, and barrel convinced that she was going to come to my old school. And then she said another coach said, well, he promised me that I was going to be on varsity and I was going to have a chance to start, and that's what I'm looking for. And I said, well, I'm, I'm sorry to both dad and to the player. I'm sorry. I, I can't, I'm not going to go down that road. I'm not, I think you're a great kid. I think you're a very good player. I think you're going to have a chance to do really good things here, but I'm not going to promise you that. And she went to the other school, and I was okay with it because I just wasn't going to paint myself in that corner. I, I just wasn't. And it's one of those things, too, where, like, the kid has to come in and fit your culture and fit your team and fit your style mm-hmm. because they themselves might be individually super talented. But mm-hmm. you know, one of the things that we talk about with our kids a lot is we don't always put the five best players on the floor. Correct. It's not, hey, you know, this kid is unbelievable one-on-one player. What we do is we put the five players on the floor that play the best together. And hopefully they have a chance to be a part of that. But at the same time, you don't know until you see and how that, that chemistry and stuff works out. And mm-hmm. so I think it's a wise move on your part not to promise those things because, you know, it can blow up in your face um, as far as things go. It's kind of like, you know, talking kids into going out if they if their heart's not really into it. If you get them out and they're miserable, mm-hmm. it's going to pull the entire thing down. Yeah. Coaches. Do you want to look good? Stupid question. Of course you want to look good. 
We all want to look good. You know what's the best way to look good? Buying yourself some a pen and a napkin merchandise. We've got some really, really good looking stuff here. We've got t-shirts and sweatshirts, and you are not going to regret picking that up. T-shirts are $22 a piece. Sweatshirts are $30 a piece. If I need to mail it to you, it's just $5 shipping and handling to get this good looking stuff out to you. Coaches, I appreciate all that you've done for me over the last three years or so with a pen and a napkin. I hope I've been able to help you out. Might as well come out and help out the Twitter handle and the podcast by ordering some a pen and a napkin merchandise. And like I said, you get to look good. If you're interested in ordering, you can DM me on Twitter at a pen and a napkin, send me a direct message, or you can email me a pen and a napkin at gmail.com, and I'll get you those ordering details so that you can order some a pen and a napkin merchandise. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your own team, Tony. Mm-hmm. Um, you're talking about recruiting, and I think that it's also to, important to talk about your own kids. Mm-hmm. and recruiting your own team. Uh, you have X amount of players within your program, and I think that it's important that you recruit, especially, obviously, your varsity kids are going to be, let's let's be honest, we're supposed to win as varsity coaches. And you want to have those kids to be happy, but be happy within, like I said, certain terms. Uh, you can't sell your soul to make the kids happy. I, I think that it's important that you recruit your players Every day, and don't give them a reason to leave. Um, one of the things that I have with a lot of pride is that in my 15, 16 years or whatever that I've had as a, as a head coach, I've never had a varsity player transfer out. I've never had a kid that's played varsity minutes transfer to go to another school. And I think that hopefully that is an indication that I've treated my kids well. Um, they may not like me all the time. There's a difference. There's a difference. Sometimes to get the best out of your kids, you have to push them to places that they don't want to go. And for X amount of time, they may resent you. They may not, uh, you may not be their favorite person in the world, but at the end of the day, at the end of the season, they look back on it and hopefully go, okay, yeah, he was kind of a pain in my tuchus at that period of time, but now that I'm removed from it emotionally, I understand what coach was trying to do. He was trying to coach me. He was trying to coach me up. He was trying to make me better. He was challenging me. He was trying to take me up to a place that I wasn't going to at that time that he knew I could get to, you know, so forth and so on, all those coaching cliches. So I, I think that it's important that you keep a pulse on your own team and that, and that you are transparent with your communication, that you don't pull any punches with any kids, that sometimes you have to have really really brutally honest conversation with kids so that you know they know exactly what you're thinking and they can't say well you never told me that or that caught me completely off guard oh nope 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 that's not what happened that's not the that's not the situation that we're talking about here so I think all of those things are important when you're talking about recruiting your own team and sometimes we fall into a little bit of a trap where well this kid's at my school and so they've got to be really really happy when that's not always the case, just because they're there doesn't mean they're going to stay there. You have to recruit your own players all the time, every single day. Yeah, and I think you hit on some good things there. I mean, the culture, if you have a healthy culture, and that's kind of the, the buzzword today, if you will, but if you have a healthy culture and you treat kids the right way, um, you know, hopefully they stay there. But I think it's a little bit naive of people to think just because the kids are in your school that if you 
you've got to kind of recruit them and establish that relationship with them. Otherwise, they may not be there. Um, you know, and I, I think that's that's kids today is they they you know want that little bit to to be wanted. And, and if you don't, you know, build that relationship and and fill it with good communication and make sure that you're open and honest with them, they could be gone. And you know, you you don't definitely don't want to see that because you want to make sure that you value the kids that you have and they feel appreciated and they feel like they're wanted at your school. Um, and you do that by, you know, treating them the right way, making sure you have a fun environment and making sure that you are communicating with them consistently, whether they're, you know, your best player or whether they're the 13, 14, 15 player, th- player on your roster, you want them all to know that they are important to you and you check in with them and you build that relationship with them, you know, on a, on a consistent basis. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a question for you, Tony. Okay. How would or did you, if you were in that case, where you have another coach trying to, and I'm using air quotes here, recruit one of your players? You know, the thing that it's always kind of interesting here is, again, you know, you kind of see the whole filtering of things down and I wouldn't necessarily call it the wild west, but you do see a lot of recruiting going on. Um, you know, I was talking uh, with John a while back and he said that he was at, you know, a AAU event and he saw all these high school coaches, um, coming to this AAU event. And obviously they're not coaching these AAU teams. Like what in the world's going on here? High school, high school AAU. What's that? High school AAU or like a junior high? Yeah, High school. AAU. Okay. okay. All right. And so they were showing up at these high school AAU tournaments and he's like, what are you guys doing here? It's like, we have to recruit our own kids. Otherwise, you know, these other coaches that are here will start recruiting them out. And it's, it's really, really hard. I mean, you can know about conversations and stuff that are going on, um, but it's really hard to prove that stuff unless you have like an email or a text or something like that that you can show the union or the association or whatever. Um, it, it's a dangerous and a slippery slope that, that people are going down with that whole recruiting trail. Mm -hmm. And it's only going to get harder. And I don't know what it's like in your area, Tony, but I know one of the trends that we're seeing in my area is administrators are, are point blank uh, looking to kind of go away from the uh, teacher coach model for their varsity basketball coach as in, in this situation and they will hire, they will look for varsity coaches with AAU connections because they will know that they will try and convince those kids, mainly at the junior high level, but let's let's not kid ourselves, at the high school level, uh, that they will come into your program. And again, I'm painting with a very broad brush. I know not a- every AAU coach does that. I, I fully, fully understand that. But I know for a fact it's happening here. I don't know what's it like over in your area. You know, here, it's just one of those things where um, kids want to be identified with programs that are successful. Mm -hmm. And so if your program has success, you'll become a a location that kids will look to transfer into because, again, they want to be associated with that success, see players that are going on, you know, playing in the state tournament, going on to play collegiately and stuff like that. Um, But, yeah, definitely. And so we have an AD who's big into that model of 
teacher coach mm-hmm. and he's getting ready to he, he's resigning he's going to take a job with bound and so it will be interesting to see who they bring in after him if they still have that same type of philosophy of the teacher coach model where there's educational athletics and it's not about bringing in the you know the best recruiter in the area type of thing mm-hmm. um but i would say out here there's not as much movement in terms of player movement out here mm-hmm. as what there is in central Iowa. I think uh, the Des Moines area is, is pretty is more of a hotbed of that type of recruiting and stuff going on uh, than what out here is. But there is some of it out here. I'm not going to, you know, be like an ostrich and bury my head in the sand. Uh, but, yeah, there is some of that stuff that does go on. But um, – we still, for the most part out here, have that teacher-coach model, but it is becoming more so, I think, you see it in volleyball than you do in basketball and football and stuff like that, mm-hmm. uh, but it is becoming more prevalent. Yeah. So what do you do, Tony? And, and I agree with you all on that. Let, you know, um, let me clarify a couple of other things with that. For me, I think it's, it's direct. I, I think that you go uh, to a coach and, and you just say, hey, you just tell me the truth here. I, I've heard from a couple of different places that you're talking to Billy or 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 Susie, and is this true? Because if it's going on, and and I'm kind of just pretty straightforward with it. If it's going on, you know, I'm gonna turn you in, and 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 call me call me a snitch, call me whatever. But now, the, if it's if it's a high school kid, I think where at least where we're at in our area when kids are in junior high and they're playing for a certain team and we've got open districts here in, in the mm-hmm. Omaha area. So it's, it's a little bit more of, uh, especially in, in the Omaha, in the, in the Omaha districts, there's a little bit, now there's certain districts that are closed. Like the Miller districts are now closed. They, they used to be open. So you could, you could, you could live in Miller North district, but you could go to Miller South if you so chose as, as, as an example. Okay. Or in, in OPS, you can, you can live uh, next door to Omaha South, and if you want to go to Omaha Burke, which is at 120th and Dodge, you can do that. You can kind of go anywhere you want to in, in OPS, but Millard, they've closed districts, and, and Papillion has closed, closed districts. So there's different rules for different places, even within our metro area, because we have different school districts. Um, but I, I'm, I'm pretty direct. You know, I would be pretty direct in those circumstances. Um, I had a situation where I had a, a kid who was interested in my old school, and she was a public school kid. And she came to our camp, and I didn't, ha- I didn't create any contact with her uh, until she came to our camp, which was within the rules. Uh, so when she came to our camp, uh, it officially, you know, you've showed interest by coming to a, a sponsored event by the school. That's the way it reads in Nebraska. So stayed in contact with her. Uh, so forth and so on. And, um, two or three months later, I got a call from the coach that her, she was in her district with and coach is kind of all hot and bothered. And he says, Hey, are you, are you talking to this kid about coming to Scott? I said, yeah. I said, she came to our camp. She, she toured our school. So she's obviously shown an interest in our institution. And so, yeah, you know, it's just like with any student, you know, the, the old private school line that you give this and this and this. And mm-hmm. the coach was like, well, she's she's in our district. So, well, she showed interest in our school, you know, and, and we kind of go back and forth for a couple of minutes. And I said, well, hey, 
there's this girl that goes to a to a Catholic school that you're she lives in your district and she go, but she goes to Catholic school but you you're talking to her about going to your public school, right? And coach is like, "Yeah." I said, "Well, I'm not calling you up to talk to you about this girl going to Catholic school. Why are you calling me up about this girl going to the public school?" Well, that, you know, and then, you know, very quickly changed subjects at mm-hmm. that point in time. And and so I think sometimes you have to call a spade a spade. And, you know, that's that that's true story. That that happened. Um, now, Marty, when they transfer in, in high school in Nebraska, is there a certain number of days they have to sit out? If they transfer before May 1st, um, then they're immediately eligible. If they okay. transfer, if their paperwork isn't in by May 1st at midnight or whatever, you know, April 30th at midnight, whatever that particular deadline is, um, then they have to sit out 90 days. It's mandatory. They have to sit out 90 days. Because we have the 90-day rule. Um, There's no May 1st or anything. We have the 90-day rule. And then Cedar Rapids goes a step further, um, which I think is kind of interesting because, like, anywhere else in Iowa, if you go, say, as an eighth grader, you are going to Mount Vernon – and as you go to ninth grade, you're going to go to Solon. You would mm-hmm. be eligible day one. Mm-hmm. In Cedar Rapids, let's say that you're going to junior high in Cedar Rapids Wash's district, um, and then you decide you want to go to Kennedy for high school, you have to play grade level for an entire year. Mm-hmm. So if you come in as an eighth grader, ninth grade at Kennedy, you would have to play freshman basketball and all your freshman sports that entire calendar year, even though you may be advanced and should be up on a higher level. And so I think that that also is something that kind of, you know, uh, squashes the, the transfer and around here a little bit more. So let's talk about that, Tony. You have a kid that's interested in transferring to your institution. How do you handle that? Um, you know, it's one of those things where I don't really have it as much anymore, you know, with sure. with being the sophomore coach. Um, but I've seen different ones that have that have handled it in terms of, you know, them expressing interest, you know, just making sure we put the cards on the table. Like if they're coming in, you know, and they're a ninth grader, we let them know, hey, you know, if you're in the Cedar Rapids district, Jeff, Wash, whatever, and you're coming to Kennedy, you're going to have to play grade level for an entire year. And then if they're coming at the other point in time, say they're a junior, going to be a senior, you know, you've got to come by this point if you want to be eligible to play in our first game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we we have the conversations. I mean, if they're, they're interested and they they initiate the conversation. We will definitely have the conversation with them. We make sure that we're honest up front with them about what all what it all entails in terms of what level they're allowed to play, how many days they have to sit out, you know, and, and where they kind of take a look at where they would go, you know, on a team and their opportunities and stuff that go along with that. Mm-hmm. I, I like that, Tony. I, I want to add on a couple of things here. Um, one of the first things that I ask when a player inquires, especially if they're a, a quality player. We'll just we'll just call it that, a quality player. Mm-hmm. I will say, does your high school coach know that you're talking to me? You know, ask the parents. And if they say yes, I say okay. Just to you know, I, it's not that I don't trust you, but I'm going to verify that. You know, I, I'm going to reach out to your coach and let him know that you, we had this conversation or you sent me this email, whatever it may be. If they say no, then I say, okay, 
we're done talking until you talk to your high school coach and let him know that you want to talk to me or that you are interested in talking to me because I don't want to say anything else without your high school coach knowing about you talking to me, okay? Mm -hmm. Then, if that's the situation, as soon as I'm done with that, I say, then I usually get on the horn or send an email and, and, you know, hey, Billy, Billy Jones said that he, you know, he's interested in coming to West High, you know, and I'm just letting you know, I did not initiate, you know, and, and just kind of go down there like that. So, mm-hmm. um, I, and a lot of times, if you have somebody that's being, if you're worried a little bit about the culture and the perhaps character of the situation, that tends to nip it right in the bud right there that, you know, this is, this is how you're, this is how we're going to handle it. Um, I think that as soon as you have somebody reach out to you in that vein, you bring in your administration immediately. I think you let them know, again, just to cover your own tuchus, hey, I did not contact Billy Jones. Uh, Billy Jones reached out to me. His mom and dad sent me this email just letting you know that they seem to be interested in our school. Um, I'm going to follow the agreed upon you know, decorum or, or process that we have in this situation. Please let me know if there's anything else that you need from me as we move forward with this. How do you want me to handle it? So forth and so on. Because you don't want to screw this up and have your administration know, and then all of a sudden the, you know, the, the Iowa High School Athletic Union or the NSAA is, is saying, hey, we're getting accusations of this and this and this. No, you know, leave that paper trail in a, in a good place. Um, and, then, and then be, you know, like I said, be open and honest, especially, um, you know, folks know that uh, my, my good friend Casey Hall has been on a lot on the podcast. And we had a situation uh, when we were coaching against each other. I was at Scott and he was at Duchenne. And, you know, Casey and I are obviously re- really good coaching friends. And, uh, and Casey will be back, by the way. I know Casey hasn't been on for a while, but we're waiting for something to happen here before Casey comes back on. And you're going to hear a lot from Casey. So just bear, you know, if you're a Casey Hall fan, folks, bear with me here. Uh, but uh, Casey uh, had a player that, it, it, there was a player, she played for our feeder team for a couple of years, but she chose to go to Casey's high school, okay? Casey, it, she played for him for a couple of years, and then like halfway through her junior year, all of a sudden I had like two or three kids come up to me in the hallway, hey, you know, such and such person, is she's transferring here, she's coming here tomorrow. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah, she's coming here tomorrow, she's coming here tomorrow. I'm like, okay, and the first thing I did was, you know, talk to Casey, you know, and then as, as, you know, as fate would have it, like literally like this happened on a Friday and we played them on Tuesday. I mean, this happened within like four days. And I just said, Hey, I had no idea of any of this was going on. I'm, I'm so sorry. I, I, I had no clue. I, I didn't know. And all of a sudden this, all this happens so quick. I, I wasn't talking to, to this particular, and you know, Casey was really good about it. He said, I really appreciate it, you know, so forth and so on. But I, I think that it's good that you handle those situations in that manner where you, where you handle them in an honest and a direct manner. Yeah. I mean, you bring up some good points is the fact that you want the player to make sure they're in communication with the coach and the program that they're leaving. Your administration knows so that they're not blindsided by it. And then, you know, making sure that you're doing things above board in some of those accusations. Well, they're a recruiter and they're doing this, that and the other, um, you know, which damages your reputation. And that's not something that you want. That's something you can't get back. Um, So, yeah, I think all those are are great suggestions. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've got one more thing, Tony. What do you got? 
I'm, I'm good. Okay. I, we've hit on everything that I've, I've wanted to touch on, so okay. I'm good on my end. Okay. I, I, there's one more thing that I want to talk about. Um, in today's world, you can do everything right, and a kid's still going to leave your program. Yeah. You know, it, it's just it's just the way things are. Uh, there are there are just certain things that are out of your control, uh, and I listed four or five of them here. Uh, AAU. AAU and, and perhaps, you know, and, and, and when I say AAU, I'm not talking about like the AAU coach or anything like that. Their teammates with these two girls on their AAU team, uh, they yep. decided that they would really like to play together. So the third player decides to transfer to where the other two players are. Not anything that you have or have not done. It's just they've been playing together since fourth grade and they want to play together in high school. You know, that's that's what I mean by that. Uh, yep, parents. Like a super team. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, parents. Parents have different views, you know, and, and they may think that their kid is not, you know, we won't go down that rabbit hole. I just got to say parents, you know, uh, some kids are perhaps looking for a, a, a challenge of a bigger school or, or a different level of competition. Uh, you know, I, I know that one of the things that happens in, and I'm sure it happens probably in the Cedar Rapids area or the Des Moines area, you have kids from smaller schools that are 10, 15 miles outside of a metropolitan area. And they say, well, I want to go here and, and really challenge myself at this level or something and like that. You also that. have it the other way, too, yeah. where you have kids in a metro area that might be the seventh, eighth, ninth person, and they're having to put in their time, pay their dues, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just going to go to this 2A or 3A school. And, you know, I've, I've known uh, a coach who told me that they had like three kids that did that. And I, if I remember correctly, I think two of the three went to different conferences and those kids were the leading scorer in their conferences as they transferred out, you know? And so, yeah, you have it the other way as well. Mm-hmm. And that's a great point, Tony. You're, you're exactly right with that. So, um, and then, you know, academics might be a reason, you know, they want to, they want to change schools because, uh, for whatever reason, academically that they, they feel like this is a better fit for them. There might be some social issues. One of the things that wasn't on my list, social issues, uh, kid you know they're just struggling socially or they feel more comfortable socially at school x instead of school y so earlier we talked about recruiting our own players but sometimes there are just forces out there that you have no control on that Mm -hmm. that that changes the equation that changes the calculus of the situation and it could be too that you were on a an experienced team so you know maybe you were a sophomore or a junior and the other kids around you were all seniors and so they all graduate, the kids you had played with. And so, you know, you're looking to, to maybe go on and play somewhere else based off of that as well. So you bring up some good points. They're just things sometimes that no matter how hard you try, you just can't control it. A pen and a napkin university videos are just another way that a pen and a napkin can help you become a better coach. Our university video library is constantly expanding with topics ranging from interviewing for a job to full court defense to 25 universal truths about coaching. Our university videos will help you round out your skill set as a coach and help you hone your craft. Videos are $10 a piece with bundling options available. To order, you can DM me on Twitter, send me an email at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com or order from our website, a pen and a napkin.com. Be sure to check out the A Pen and a Napkin Video Library. You know what else we can't control, Tony? Can't control Europe.
There it is, Tony. Europe. There they are. Uh, this week's trivia que uh, question, uh, sponsored by Charmin, as tested on certain farm trucks in the <laughs> south-central Iowa area. Uh, Charmin, the proud sponsor of the Pen and a Napkin trivia question. Tony, it's your turn. You ready? For me. I, I, I was born ready, buddy. All right. So the WNBA started back up regular season uh, recently. Mm -hmm. And so uh, Rihanna Stewart had a really, really strong first half today. Um, so my question related to the WNBA and scoring and stuff, what is the most points scored by an individual player in a WNBA half? Oh, in a half. In a half. <sighs> wow. Um, in a half, uh, in they, a half? They, 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 <laughs> in a half, <laughs> uh, yeah, I kind of hit a, 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 an octave higher than I normally do. Uh, they still play 20 minute halves, right? I believe so. Yeah. Okay. In a half, I'm going to guess 32 points. Close, but no cigar. Too high, too low. You are too low. 34 points. Really close, but still too low. Oh, gosh. The way you word that makes me nervous. I mean, is it close or is it close? <laughs> I can't quite do the octave thing like you can. <laughs> oh, well, that's my boy band training. Um, <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> Uh, 40 minutes on the nose it took us uh i said 34 was my last guess it was uh, well i'm just gonna go 35 35 is correct yes and it counts uh do i have to guess the player you do not. Okay. That one. I don't think you would have ever got the player. Can I? Can I, I, I might can be I, butchering the first name, and I apologize if I am. Requina Williams scored thirty-five. Wow. Okay. Stewie put up twenty-nine today. Okay. Yeah, she's a she's a quality ball player. She's not bad. Yeah, she, she'd be all right. So, you know who's not all right? The Boston Celtics. Oh, the Celtics, they're, they're in trouble. Oh, yeah, they're in trouble. We are recording this on Sunday night. We're going to drop this Monday morning, Tony. Um, the guest that I had for our interview pod this week uh, had a surgery done and uh, thought he was going to be able to go but wasn't, which is obviously fine. Uh, so hopefully we'll, we'll, get this, uh, we'll get this coach on sooner rather than later. I'm checking it right now. Oh, goodness gracious sakes alive. You yeah, want to know what the score is? 29. Oh, gosh. Like, what happened? You know, and the crazy thing, Marty, there's like five minutes left in the third quarter, and they've given up 85 points. That's been the biggest, in my opinion, that's been the biggest discrepancy from a year ago. I mean, they were like above average defensively last year, and right now they're, they're, they're not good. They're like Swiss cheese. Well, they, they were not above average. They were awesome defensively were last year. Yeah. yeah, they were yeah, elite. And, and now they just, oh, my God. Goodness. Do you, now, so we talked about silly season last week. They just signed, they, they took the interim tag off of Missoula. Do you mm -hmm. think after this debacle, they might say, okay, this guy is not ready for this stage. We've got to bring somebody else in because he's, he's 
where we're just going to say he's struggling? I would say that I think it'll be a conversation where Brad Stevens will go to him and say, hey, you know, Joe, you got the, the title, you know, you got the position interim. Um, we want a little bit more say in your staff. And I could see them bringing in some veteran assistant coaches and, you know, kind of like football, making one of those veteran assistants his defensive coordinator, kind of like what Ron mm-hmm. Adams was with Steve Kerr yeah. for a while. I, I could see something like that. So you might see members of his staff being let go and they're bringing in more seasoned, if you will, yes. uh, assistance and saying, hey, this cat here is going to run your defense. Yeah. What, yeah. Whether you like it or not, he's yeah, going you, to run your defense. You're free to resign if you want, but yes. this guy's going to run yes. your defense. I, I think somebody may be interested in the Boston Celtics job, uh, but this is, yeah, this is just, this is just not good. Um, and, and again, I'm, I'm very, obviously this is a, this is a pro coach podcast. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, this is, this is just when all this stuff, and, and again, I don't know exactly, nor does 99.99999% of the population know exactly what happened with Ime Uduka, Udoka and what exactly happened that led to his suspension, which led to him leaving the franchise. And I'm sure it was for very, very, very good reason. I'm not, no, I'm not saying that in any way, shape or form. Uh, but one thing that that that's the one piece of the puzzle that's missing is is Ime and he was he was the tough guy uh, he was not afraid to get into guys's face he was not afraid to call them out he was uh he was he was the dog of of the group that brought kind of the dog out of everybody else and, and then the other dude went to Utah yeah um Will Hardy so yeah those are those are two two big pieces and so you know Joe's done a really good job in a very tough situation mm-hmm but they're, I, I just see them bringing in some, at least one, if not two, really seasoned, experienced coaches, and and one of them's gonna gonna have quite a bit of responsibility. Yeah, I, I would see that happening. So it looks like Miami is going to the NBA finals, uh, and there looks like there's a very very high likelihood that the Denver Nuggets are also going to make their maiden voyage into the NBA finals. Um, they have been, Tony, uh, in my opinion, the most consistent team in the playoffs other than, you know, Miami has been a very surprising team, but they've, they've been very consistent. Uh, they've caught mm-hmm. lightning in a bottle at the right time. Uh, I, I really like what Denver has done. Here's our, here, now they're down to seven guys. Uh, Kristen Brown is, is not playing very much, but he's their eighth and but here's our here's our seven guys uh feels like a NCAA tournament type of a thing feels like a high school tournament run type of thing we're going to roll with these seven we're going to do what we do and we're just going to be better at anything else that you're going to do and we and we feel like we've got enough weapons that not everybody's going to be on on the same night but we're going to have enough guys on on that night that we're going to score enough and we're going to play just good enough defense that you know we're going to win more than we're going to lose and and yeah. I re- I really like that. And obviously, when you have such an unselfish superstar as Jokic, it, it makes your job that much easier. Yeah, and Jamal Murray is you know we talk about playoff Jimmy Butler, but playoff Jamal Murray has been really really good too. Yeah, and those two are are, are good. And their third guy is usually Michael Porter Jr. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's it's been interesting to watch them. And you know I'll be I'll be interested to see. If Tyler Hero comes back, how Miami incorporates him, you know, obviously he was starting, but I don't think you can start him 
with the way that team has kind of evolved and changed. Um, but he could be a heck of a six man off the bench in, in, a, in the right situation. You know, Tony, we, we, you talk a lot or you hear about um, the Nuggets uh, or, you know, uh, or just any team. You talk about chemistry, you talk about this, you talk about that. You know, I, I saw a thing on Twitter, and of course I can't find it, but I saw it earlier on my feed right before we started recording. And and it was a picture of the Nuggets team or whatever, and it, it said something like, no coach of the year, no MVP, no mm-hmm. no this, no that, no six-man of the year, nobody on the all-defensive team, but they're one win away from the NBA Finals. They're up 3-0. Um, and with Miami, it's, it's kind of the same thing. You know, a very... Um, and, and by their own doing, they have, you know, they, they dug themselves into a seven seed, which then became an eight seed because they didn't take care of a, they didn't take care of business in the play in. But again, same type of, same type of thing where the sum is better than the parts and both teams have one really big part. And then they have a bunch of nice, solid parts that fit very, very well together. And they're all clicking at the same time. Yeah, playing their best basketball at the right time of the year should be a really good final series between two two quality organizations. Absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, anything else on this, buddy? Yeah, you know when you, when you take a look at our topic today, you know the whole transfer thing. You know, like like we were talking about, acclimate the transfers in as quickly as you can. Work on your chemistry. Let it happen organically. That's not something you can shove down people's throats. And then the other thing, make sure you recruit your own kids. Make sure they know how valuable they are to you. Treat them the right way and build a culture that that people want to be a part of. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, Really good stuff this week, Tony. Great topic. Great suggestion, my friend. Well done. Every once in a while, the blind squirrel finds a nut. You keep an eye on that mailbox, buddy. You could see another paycheck coming your way. Sweet. I haven't been to Arby's for a while. (laughs) Hey, you play your cards right. It might be Runza. Oh man! Yeah, I don't know if we have those here. No, you don't. That means you'd have to come to Nebraska. I'd have, have to hang come. out. I, I, yeah, I, I need to make my trek out west. Yeah, <laughs> to the wild, to the wild west, to the west coast, <laughs> to, the, to the west coast. Okay, well, you, you stay on the east coast there, uh, Biggie Smalls, and and uh, <laughs> me and me and Dre and Tupac will hang out on the on the west coast here. So. Uh, that was uh, early '90s hip hop reference, there, folks. For those of you that were wondering, so um, really good stuff here this week. Uh, episode number thirty-nine transfers. Uh, a lot of really good things that Tony and I bro- uh, broached this week. I really, really liked our conversation. Not that I, I love every conversation that we have, including the silly stuff that we talked about for fifteen or twenty minutes before we even recorded here tonight. So. Uh, really good stuff. Uh, hope you folks have enjoyed it. Like I said, we should have an interview podcast, uh, if not by the end of the week, early next week. We got the film room rolling. We got some really, really good stuff coming with the film room. Uh, we've got, you know, again, great products. I feel like is is available for coaches out there. Uh, so coaches, look it up. Go to a pen and a napkin dot com and we'll roll from there. So coaches, as always, let's be sure to hone our craft one day at a time.